Chapter 16 of Lion Ben of Elm Island. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Lion Ben of Elm Island by Eliza Kellogg. Chapter 16 Ben outwitted and Uncle Isaac astonished. Sally and Ben now began to make preparations for housekeeping. She had a little money earned by her labor and she persuaded Ben to go in a schooner that was bound to Salem and make some preparations for her. No sooner was Ben out of sight than Sally started for Uncle Isaac's. She found him alone in the barn. Uncle Isaac, said she, will you do something for me? Anything in reason, Sally? Could you get me over to Elm Island and not any soul know it? I suppose I might. Well, will you? But what do you want to go there for? I will tell you. I am determined to live there and be contented and happy and make my husband happy. But I know it will be very different from anything that I ever seen or can imagine. You will find it a rough place, Sally. I am afraid that when I go on with Ben, I might be kind of surprised and by looks, if nothing else, show it and hurt Ben's feelings. That you might burst out crying? Yes. Well, you go down to the point and hide in the bushes till I come. In a short time, Uncle Isaac came. Sally got in and lay down in the bottom of the boat. He covered her over with spruce boughs and pulled for the island. It was a bright and shiny morning. He rode right into the mouth of the brook and on to the beach. As Sally felt the boat touch the bottom, she flung off the covering and, rising up, looked around. What a beautiful spot was her involuntary exclamation as she gazed enraptured upon the dense foliage of the maple and birch rich with all the tints of autumn and listened to the ripple of the brook that fell over the rocks before her then clapping her hands she burst into a clear ringing laugh as her eye rested upon the house her future home uncle isaac was confounded at first he thought it was an hysterical affection and concealed grief and disappointment but as he looked into her eyes he saw that it was heartfelt he was in the position of a sailor who, having braced his yards to meet a squall, is caught aback by the wind coming in an opposite direction. All the way to the island he had been preparing himself for the task of consolation and arranging his arguments for that purpose. Never for a moment doubting but Sally, with all her resolution, would at first be somewhat disheartened. Uncle Isaac, cried Sally, did that house grow there? See, the bark is on it. What on earth is the chimney made of? Then she burst out again into peals of laughter, so joyous that Uncle Isaac joined with her and laughed till his sides ached. Why, Uncle Isaac, Ben told me it was a most desolate-looking place, all woods and rocks, that the house was right on the shore, and that in great storms the sea roared awfully and that the spray would fly on to the windows. He never said a word about the brook. I do love brooks so much. I mean to have my washed up in summer right under that yellow birch. You see if I don't. Such a nice place to spread out linen thread and cloth to breach. And things look so much whiter when they are spread on the grass. Why, here's a piece of grass almost as large enough for a field. Such a sunny sheltered spot too. The woods and the hill break off every bit of wind. What a nice place under that ledge to plant early potatoes, peas, beans and have currant bushes. But I am dying to see the house. Do let us go in. What a nice doorstep this is. As they opened the door, 
and went in. Uncle Isaac watched Sally's face in vain to detect any trace of disappointment or sorrow. She's fireproof, just like her grandmother, thought he. I suppose log houses were stuffed between the logs with clay and moss. Mother said so, but I couldn't put the point of my scissors between these logs. So they were, said he, but this is an improved one. Ben means, when he is able, to make this room into two and have a fireplace in each, and a couple of nice rooms they will make. I'm glad he didn't do it anymore. Now I want to see the kitchen. I care the most about that. This is a splendid one. What nice dressers and drawers. But where's the oven? Why, it's the stone. Ain't it a beauty? How smooth it is, she said, putting in her head and shoulders and feeling all around it with her hands. I don't see how folks can make such nice things of stone. I wish we had a candle. She was, if possible, more delighted with the chamber than anything else. How high it is, she said. What a capital place this would be to spin and weave in. Well, now I have seen the hole. No, you haven't. And here he opened the door in the side of the chimney and let her look in. Why, what in the world is this for? This is a smokehouse. You see, it's on one side of the chimney so that there won't be heat enough go in there to melt the hams or fish. All you have to do when you want to smoke anything is to hang it up on these lug poles and the common fire that you have every day will smoke it. It will be a nice place for Ben when he has an ox yoke, wooden bowl or shovel to season or toughen. Now I want you to see the cellar. He pulled from his pocket a horn filled with tinder and striking a spark into it with a flint and steel, kindled a piece of pitch wood and they went down. Oh my, if here isn't an arch, what a nice place that will be to keep my milk when I get it. Now we have got a light, let's look into the oven. I know that oven will bake well, said Sally. It looks as though it would. Now, I think this is a real nice place and that Ben has made a good trade. And if we have our health, we can pay for it well. Only think how much we have saved by living in this house, which is good enough for young folks just beginning and better than many have. Why, it ain't a month since the trees were growing and now it's all done. Didn't he make a good trade, Uncle Isaac? He made a better one when he got you, you hummingbird, said Uncle Isaac, who was brimful and could no longer restrain himself. Petting her on her head, you would suck honey out of a rock. I'm much obliged to you, you good old man. I'll tell you what I'll do, that is when we are able. You shall come over here with Aunt Hannah and bring all your tools and we will part off the front rooms and have a front entry, seal up the kitchen, have Uncle Sam to build fireplaces in the front rooms and Joe Griffin to make fun of us. I'll make you some of those three-cornered biscuit and custard puddings you like so well. In the evenings we will have a roaring fire. You can tell us stories and we will sit and listen and knit. Ben says this is the greatest place for gunning that ever was and you can bring your float and gun and you and Uncle Sam can gun to your heart's content. Ain't I building castles in the air, cried Sally with another laugh that made the house ring. But we must go off or we shall be caught. A little breeze had sprung up and Uncle Isaac putting up a bush for a sail, they landed on the other side without detection. He said he never wanted to tell anything so much in his life as he did to tell Ben how much Sally was delighted with the island but he resolutely kept it to himself. As it would be difficult getting off in winter, Ben carried on provisions, hay for a cow and for auction that he might get occasionally. 
He put the hay in a stake out of doors. He bought the hay of Joe Griffin's father, and Joe was to deliver it on the island. Being disappointed in respect to the man who was engaged to help him, he took old Uncle Sam Yelf as better than nobody. There was a long easterly swell. The scow rolled a good deal, and the hay hanging over the side and getting wet, she began to fill. At some distance from them, Sidney Chase and Sam Hadlock were fishing. Shall I holler, Mr. Griffin? said Yelf, who was terribly frightened and had a tremendous voice. Yes. What shall I holler? Holler fire. Fire, 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 screamed Yelf. As their neighbors rode up, they could not help laughing to see two men up to their waist in water and one of them crying fire. I thought, said the old man, I would holler what I could holler the loudest. End of chapter 16 Recording by James